time with Gina and Zena. Hi, I'm Zbex. I'm Covert Go Gina. And today we are storytelling March of the Machine, The Aftermath, Beyond Repair by Emily Tang. This is the second story we've gotten for The Aftermath. Gina, where are we at this time? We're with Nahiri, and she's deep within the bowels of the Emeria Skyclave, and she is just ripping Phyrexia from her plane, piece by piece. Completion had fused the stone and metal together on a molecular level inside the Skyclave, and disentangling the two is taking an excruciating amount of patient intricate work. But Nahiri has nothing but time. It's pretty <clears throat> gross. She describes peeling off metal bits of her body and how it only took half a day to peel it off, but how the the scars were going to take weeks to heal. And if you've ever picked a scab, like, you know, that's gross. Yeah, she has no idea how long she's been down here alone in the dark either. Like, like she basically just woke up, the invasion was over, and she's alive? But she was just immediately like, oh, get all this off of me. And it was like painful and bloody and she's covered in scars. And she kept expecting somebody to show up, but nobody came looking for her. So everyone must assume that she's dead. And the only way she can orient herself in this dark remains of the Skyclave is by water dripping down stones and the hiss of wind she that's the only thing she has to orient herself as she continues to pick metal away from the precious Zendikar stones because she knows what she did was wrong being phyrexianized. And if you compare Nahiri's situation just being all alone, so isolated, so quiet, like this is how you become insane. Like whereas compare it to Nissa, who is at least like surrounded by loved ones like nahiri has nobody and she's just dealing with everything and nahiri's no longer a planeswalker she remembers this blast of halo like searing into her moments before the skyclave fell with her inside and she doesn't know how she survived but the spark is gone like she misses it so much she really thought she was going to die from the pain of its absence but now she's starting to get used to like the hollow ache and being weak. She hates it, but it is what it is. And sometimes Nahiri even hears echoes of the glory of being attached to the machine from with, I, with inside her. And it kind of makes her shudder because she's like, no, I don't want to think these nightmarish thoughts as if you've woken up from a really bad dream, so bad you thought it was real. Well, it was real, but she still has those awful thoughts she has these like sense memories like uh at one point she's like working on pulling this metal claw out of the stone and it jerks free so quickly at the last second that she like falls on her butt and the metal digs into her sternum and she just remembers all the memories and her soul melded to the glory of the machine the perfection how glorious zendikar could be and she just shoves that away hard and she keeps telling herself, like, that's a ghost of Phyrexia. It is not her. She is, like, denying this. She's trying to separate from this. But when you're just alone with your thoughts this whole time, it's so spooky. The thing she can focus on is continuing to remove 
all of this molecularly fused metal away from the stones, get that alien material off of her home plane. That's her only her only distraction. And she thinks it's going to take maybe months or even years to rip it all free from the Skyclave, but she's decided she's not going to rest until she's scoured like every trace of it. And then she's going to figure out how to destroy it, but that's like a problem for another day. So you're probably wondering how she's been living down here for who knows how long. And she's been surviving on catching these like small skittering scrawny creatures and superheating them on a rock to cook them. It's so gross. Because of how deprived of life the plane was, the only creatures left alive are just really don't have a lot of meat on their bones. And she has to force herself to eat because she knows she needs to to stay alive. But she's so depressed she doesn't want to eat. And she actually does have like a positive memory here. She she thinks about the the core caravan campfire cuisine she used to have when she was mortal. And she thinks to herself, like, maybe maybe someday I'll have some. When I'm done with all this, in my head, she's getting a s'more. (laughs) (laughs) Cores eat s'mores. (laughs) The Skyclave had been the heart of the engine to convert Zendikar itself. And so she's like taking down wall after wall of metal, protecting some core component. And when she's starting to think about like the reason for the walls, She's thinking like, oh, Phyrexia was nothing if not an efficient machine, just gleaming, incorruptible, beautiful. Shut that thought down. Don't think about what you did. (laughs) Every time she starts thinking about anything, it like takes her back to the bad place. And she's like, no, no bad place. You're not that person anymore. (laughs) She takes down the final wall and enters the chamber where she had bound herself into the Skyclave. And she gets like a wave of dizziness and nausea. And her hand brushes the wall and she feels something something really powerful and familiar she shapes a stone blade and just really carefully cuts channeling the heat to melt the metal apart because she doesn't want to damage whatever it is and she frees this small stone hedron it's her planeswalker spark i love how her planeswalker spark out of her body somehow formed a hedron like we know on zendikar but it's almost like a lump of dead coal because she's been naughty, not nice. All those hollow feelings that she had been like almost starting to recover from, they come back stronger than ever. And she thinks to herself like, I poured everything I had into destroying my home. Like I burned myself out trying to save it from itself because I thought I was doing the right thing. And her heart is just pounding. She now has a feeling of hope. She becomes suffocatingly claustrophobic and uses a surge of power to heave some stone upward, breaking a hole above to let the sunlight in. Like, she's got to get out of here. (laughs) And finally, let there be light. She sees a crack of light through the skyclave and sees all of the geometric welts that were there from removing her stuff. Sounds like some of it, like, seriously sounds like it looks cool. But then other parts are like, super gross and just like she did it so rough and with such urgency that she kind of like just made these ugly welts all over but she thinks to herself like you know what that's the price i paid for failing zendikar again her legs are shaky but she climbs all the way to the top gets out to the sunlight and she hesitates to look at the surroundings and then she tells herself look you coward and she opens her eyes and almost howls 
at what she sees, it's so much worse than she thought. It's so much worse than any wreckage that's come to Zendikar before. The scope is just unfathomable. This is a problem for gods. No mortal can fix this. I like that she referenced that here. It makes me think we're getting a little bit of foreshadowing that maybe the Theros gods or the Amonkhet gods are going to be the only ones that are going to be able to restore the plane with all the damage that's been done here. All the holes. We don't know who can travel where. (laughs) She sees all this and she thinks like, okay, here she was like down there separating metal from stone, thinking she's like doing something meaningful. But now that she sees all of this, she can't deny it. Like, this is all her doing. It's all her fault. The dismantling of all of the metal from stone seems impossible, especially if she can't restore her spark. So that's her next focus is she's like, well, how do I get my spark to work again? Yeah, she's done hiding like a coward. She's going to fix everything. She has her spark. She knows she can do that. And so she's trying to figure out, and how am I going to do that? When, boom, a planeswalker arrives. Of course, planeswalkers have stupid good timing. She thinks to herself, like, that she's weak and she's made so many enemies, somebody has to be hunting her. Could it be Soren? Could it be mm-hmm. Jace? I was thinking in my head, could it be Nissa? Could it be Chandra? Chandra, maybe. Nissa's not going to make no boom noise. That's true. <laughs> oh, hey, it's a big kitty. It's a Johnny. Harry's glad to see it's not an enemy, but she's super surprised to see Elish Norn's bestest boy here. And he looks untainted. WTF. It's not right. <laughs> and he's still a planeswalker. Come on. She's a little jelly right now. Let's be real. Oh, for sure. And Nahiri asks, what are you doing here? And Johnny says, like, I-, I was looking for you. I thought you were dead. The others are dead. Tamio, Luca, Jace, and Braska probably, but nobody's found their bodies. Nahiri asks, what about Nissa?" And Johnny pauses, because it's still, like, a little painful, and answers, like, she survived, but damaged. Can't planeswalk. Teferi, Kaya, Malira, so many others saved us. They cleansed me. Like, the others, the other Phyrexians weren't so lucky as you and I. And Nahira hears this, like, you and I. She closes her fist around that hedron, realizing, like, oh, a Johnny can still sense her spark, even though it's not inside her. He thinks it's still there. So there's no reason to tell him otherwise, doesn't want to look weak. So she asks, what do you want? (laughs) Johnny's like, you okay? She's like, I'm fine. Go away. I'm busy. (laughs) She's not fine. (laughs) They're never fine when they say they're fine. Johnny gets to the point and he says, I have a proposal to make. She says, no. Because at this point, Nahiri is so suspicious of a Johnny. He was saying, oh, the other planeswalkers who lost their spark, Tamio, Luca, that whole group, we can't find their bodies. And she starts thinking, is that because you killed them? But he's going to he's going to say it anyway. He came all this way. He says, let's work together to fix things in the multiverse. And she scoffs and is like, go ask your friends. You have so many. They saved you. This is my home. I'll repair it myself. And uh, uh, Johnny says, but like no one else has been through what you and I have been through. Nahiri says, you mean as Phyrexians? What about Nyssa? 
Nissa knows. Ajani yeah. says logically, like, she can't planeswalk. She hasn't seen the aftermath. Like, you and I are actually the only ones who can truly know the sins we committed. So we should be there for each other and help each other through this. We can't do it alone. I love how Ajani proposes, like, hey, everyone else is de-sparked, but we are still planeswalkers and we are broken. Let's take this mental health, physical health journey together. Like They can literally go on tour seeing each place, seeing all the destruction and devastation. And there's nobody else that he thinks can do that right now. Yeah, they both have evil memories and thoughts that are consistently coursing through their being. So who else better to understand than the two of them? And yeah, Johnny really it, wants to help. And and Nahiri scowls. She says, I never asked for your help. You'll have to learn with your you'll have to learn to live with your guilt. And Ajani's kitty ears go flat. And he says, Doesn't it haunt you? Like I remember every evil act, every memory. And Nahiri remembers, like, kneeling on the neck of a Skyclave elemental, just drowning it in oil. And she gets this bad taste in her mouth. Like, I told you to leave me alone. Why are you still here? <laughs> and he's like, I want to help you. <laughs> and she just glares at him. And she realizes, like, okay, he's a full power planeswalker. Why would he want to dwell on the past? He must be here to kill her. And he's trying to throw her off, bringing up all this painful stuff. Because, like you said, he hasn't said how the others died or who killed them. And so she's trying to figure out how to escape from him now. She's very untrusting of everything he's saying, even though he's like, I want to help heal you. She can't trust him right now. She's very much a wounded animal. She's just lashing out at anything. Um, and as they're having this conversation, she's powering up pieces of the stone sky skyclave as a defense. She's really concerned that she might need to defend herself at any moment but ajani hasn't noticed yet so he's pacing and he says like we need each other i know what it's like to be where you are now who else will truly be able to comprehend like the darkness and self-loathing of what you've done let me help you heal and help me heal and she says heal don't you dare tell me what i need you miserable cat <laughs> you, you don't know what I've done. Go cry to your friends. And Ajani growls. And then Nahiri keeps talking. She shouldn't keep talking, but she keeps talking. And she says, I only got into this mess because of your weakness. I wouldn't have been recruited if you hadn't fallen. You told Norn how to beat them. You slaughtered the gods of Theros. You murdered Jaya. You want to tell me how to live? Ooh. <laughs> The great Ajani Goldmane fails, fell like he lost power. And since if the great cat fell, everybody would see that it, it was all possible to fall. It's all Johnny's fault. This gets him in all his sore spots. So he's furious. He gets his claws out, murderous grief on his face. And Nahiri tries to fling up a stone wall between them, but she's not strong enough. And the dome of the Skyclave just collapses under her feet. And Ajani, like, his eyes widen in alarm. He reaches for her, calls her name, and Nahiri falls. Like, even though he was really mad at her, he tried to save her. <laughs> some, some planeswalkers can't be saved in their state of depressed anguish. 
So she wakes up sometime later, tries to sit up, finds a shard of metal jabbed through her shoulder. She fell on the pile of metal she'd made. Like, all of her progress, she fell on top of it, and it really hurts to pull it out. And her hands are empty. The hedron is gone. And when she finds it, it's shattered, and she can't feel her spark at all. She just sits and stares at it. Her last hope is gone. She feels so powerless. She's so broken, she even thinks she might, like, laugh at how ironic this situation is. But she's so torn apart about her spark being completely dead that she can't even think to laugh of it. She's, she's just grieving so intensely. So she slowly climbs back up to where she was and Ajani's gone. And now the grief is actually starting to give way to anger. Big time anger. It's all so clear now. Planeswalkers are the real problem. They just show up, wreak havoc, leave. Ajani selfishly came here and ruined her chance to heal Zendikar. You know, if not for Planeswalkers, Phyrexia wouldn't have been able to reach across the multiverse. And Zendikar wouldn't be like this. You know, Soren and Ugin are to blame for the Eldrazi. As long as there are Planeswalkers, her home won't be safe. She gets so, so Super Saiyan powered up on her anger that she knows planeswalkers are the whole reason that the multiverse has gone wrong. It's always their trying to help that gets the multiverse into these sticky situations. Yeah, Nahiri's done hiding in the dark. She doesn't have the power she did, but she's not helpless. She will be Zendikar's guardian. And she says, whatever it takes, I swear, no planeswalker will set foot on Zendikar ever again. Dun, dun, dun. It is fascinating to compare the first story to this story, isn't it? The journey is so different. <laughs> yeah. And there was a side story that had Nahiri. She was kind of the linchpin working for Norn, bringing all of the, the stones together to be the core of power. So, of course, she's alone away from all of the action, and clearly that has affected her outlook for the future. And Nissa was surrounded by friends, people who saved her, tried to heal her. Uh, she's seemingly like getting therapy now, basically, from these interactions with others. And she, by the end of her story, found a place of forgiveness for herself, which is incredible. And Nahiri is alone, stuck with her thoughts, all her negativity, and she is lashing out at the one, the one individual who tried to come help her. And in the end, she's just going straight up denial. She is no longer taking responsibility. Like, that part's over, I guess. And she's just shoving all of it on planeswalkers as a group because it hurts too much to accept what's happened otherwise. Is Nahiri going to be our next villain in the next story arc? We don't it know. It sure if we... seems like it. <laughs> Did you have a favorite photo from the story? I like the first one a lot where she's uh, just looks incredibly powerful. And she's got all of these uh, patterns on her that are glowing. Her eyes are glowing. And she just looks like she has so much rage and you would never want to mess with this person. <laughs> What about you? Which one do you like the most? 
my favorite photo is the second one where the I can't tell if it's the Skyclave crumbling down on her. I think it's when she tried to use her powers, but I really just like how the the force is coming against her. Like she's having to shield herself from the bits of metal that are flying away. I think that this picture is trying to uh, imagine that she, in this situation, like witnessed the destruction of her spark. Because it kind of looks like it could have been a hedron shape before. And then that's what I thought it was. That um, even though the story indicates that she lost it and couldn't find it and then found it broken. Like, I feel like this might be imagining her seeing it get destroyed and feeling the pain of that. I like that. Like the moment as as she used her last power against a Johnny, her spark wasn't going to let her go on Planeswalker v. Planeswalker hate. Did you have a favorite, like, moment or quote or anything from this story? My favorite quote is probably at the end where she really starts dwelling on history too much. In case you're not familiar with the lore, uh, the Eldrazi, which came and attacked Zendikar, they needed three planeswalkers, Nahiri, Soren, and Ugin, and she, she just dwells on the fact that everything that they did years ago was actually a problem that in turn caused the royal to awaken which was more destructive in zendikar so i i kind of like where her shift in mind happens even though it's potentially bad i like how that was written did you have a favorite quote or moment well my favorite like toss away line was Calling a Johnny a miserable cat. I thought that was funny. <laughs> My favorite like uh, moments for the feels were, I, I love all these moments throughout the story where it's like she starts to relive some of the things about being a Phyrexian. She starts having those thoughts. And uh, like here's a quote of, uh, Phyrexia was nothing if not efficient. Indecision and frivolity were weaknesses of flesh. It was nothing like a machine, pure and gleaming, incorruptible, beautiful. Nahiri grabbed the closest piece at hand and ripped it free with a savage burst of lithomancy that left her body trembling and shaking. Focus on the here and now. Don't think about what came before. Don't think about what you used to be. Don't think about what you did. Make sure you subscribe so that you will catch the next story we do. If you're listening on a podcast app, thank you so much for listening as well. Don't forget to leave a review. That really helps other people find podcasts too. And if you're on YouTube, you may also comment on our fashion. We very much welcome those too. <laughs> yes. The first one you should know was spontaneous. We did not plan the matching Bulbasaur outfits. So we then we the just rest showed of them up like that. Very planned. <laughs> We're having so much fun with it. <laughs>